All right, everybody. We um, we got another NLX2 podcast coming at you today. It uh, this is our first interview outside of our senior athlete interviews, and this is this is going to be the basis of what NLX2 podcast is about. It's about life. It's about business, religion, um, anything you can think of under the sun. This is what the podcast is about: getting to talk to people with cool stories, getting people to talk to with experience. And just hearing their stories and how it can help other people during tough times as COVID-19 or just any time in anybody's life. So today we have Tyler, um, and I'll let him tell you about himself a little bit. Just a quick intro. Hey, man. Hey, this. First of all, before I get started, dude, um, so imp- so impressed with how we first met, where you, you know, where you're at right now, the new gym podcast the coffee man it's so cool we coming around man. man i appreciate it no um obviously born and raised in dickinson um parents sister um my nice. brother-in-law all live in dickinson nice um older sister yeah okay yeah she's four years older nice. two uh two boys uh 21 and uh 19 so uh she's definitely has her hands hands exactly. full with those two um yeah. but no um went to trinity um graduated in 1998 after that went to und um Nice. And like I said, we'll, we'll get into a, a lot of variations on how things have transpired. But yes, um, yeah, it's been a, a crazy ride, um, a pretty cool ride. Very fortunate to where I'm at right now. Um, but uh, basically, um, Dickinson is my home. I appreciate uh, all the people that are here. Yeah. Um, it's given me a, a great opportunity, a great living. And um, I'm here to uh, support the community and, and the people that are involved with my business. So. Nice, man. What does your uh, sister and brother-in-law do? So my sister is the manager at Hub Convenience. Okay. And uh, Rich Stradling, um, he has his own custom home building. Oh, really? Yeah. So Nice. Employees and everything? A little bit? Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got a few employees. Um, Sweet. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty amazing. That's cool, man. Um, and so you said that she has, what ages were the kids? 21 and 19. 21 19. Think, what are they up to these days? So Jaden, uh, he works in, in the oil field. Yep. Um, he figured that after uh, high school, he went to Trinity as well. Both of them did. Um, he didn't want to go to school. It wasn't for him. He mm-hmm. wanted to go out and get go money, more power to him, you know. So, yes, sir. Um, and then Dylan, the youngest, he's a freshman at NDSU. What's he going for? Do you, just general right now? Construction management. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I honestly, you talk about... Especially in Dickinson, but um, being from Wyoming, a lot of people... There's a smaller oil field in Wyoming, but all my buddies, it was either you're going to play college football, you're going to go to University of Wyoming and just drink yourself to death, or you're going to just go straight to the oil field. And a lot of people, I don't blame them, just let's go, let's start my career, let's let's get some money. But then you hear those people, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the oil field for two years and I'm going to college. Like, yeah, right, dude. That's just not how it works. So... Um, I've had my fair share in the oil field a little bit. Um, it was never truly just the oil. It was, I sprayed weeds, um, for BLM lands in Wyoming, um, all that private stuff. And then we went to here and I was doing bare ground and noxious stuff, just spraying marathon, uh, QEP, bunch of different wells. So, um, so what did you get as a degree at UND? What? I didn't finish UND. Okay. I, I was in a situation where I was like, this really isn't for me. Yep. Um, obviously, I'm very passionate about golf. Um, I packed up my stuff, went to California. Really? On a whim. Had a job lined up. I knew a guy down there, obviously kind of helped me out. And basically, I was just kind of like, I have no idea what I want to do. 
Yeah. So it's just crazy on how I ended up where I'm at. More people than you'd think, though, are in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. You get into, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do in college. Yeah. I mean, I thought I wanted to teach, but then it was like, well, I want to teach what I love. So why don't I just teach strength and conditioning instead of teaching PE? Sure. You know, so um, what was the plan at UND? How long did you stay there? There there wasn't a plan. Yep. There was no plan. (laughs) I was there there for two years. it was just it. it was just a point where you know you're going through the motions, yep. partying a lot, but I'm but I don't regret anything that oh no there, you know so many so many good times, so many good friends. I think it's like kids at your age when you were that age get pushed to have to go to college. Yeah, I did. It was like, well, if I'm going to go to college, I might as well play a sport so it's free, you know. But I think people get pushed towards the college realm, and we have such a broken college system. I'm a I'm a employee of a college, but it is such a broken system. It's big business, I, dude. It is, and it's it's insane the amount of money they put into customer retention, student retention, and just getting new students. Um, it's back in the '80s, in the '70s, it was a great system because you got out of college, there was a job lined up. But with how fast tech has outgrown everything, by the time you say, "Hey, I want to get a uh, general tech degree." Everything's flipped on its head in the tech world, so that your degree is uh, irrelevant. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy times, man. So we're in California. Um, who, Just loving it. Yeah, dude. Where at in California? Palm. What was the opportunity? So um, lived in Palm Desert. Lived in Indio, Indio, Bermuda Dunes. Um, kind of all I know where is Anaheim, L.A., San yeah, Diego. It's it's, uh, it's northeast in the desert of okay. San Diego. Okay. Um, Obviously, it's it's the golf mecca, golf courses every single corner. Wow. Um, a lot of older, wealthy people retire there. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. Kind of like a Scottsdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so going down there, working in the bag room, scrubbing hooks, which are golf clubs. Yep. Um, and playing a lot of golf. Just basically, that's Damn. eat, sleep, golf, work for a few hours a day, and uh, back on the golf course. Just trying to. You know, see see where that's going to lead me because I was very very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, had some abilities, had some skills, and just yeah. kind of had an opportunity to see how this can transpire. You know, did you start golf in high school? Yeah, okay, I started. Played when, I played when I was I started when I was eleven. Okay, and played all the way through high school. Yeah, played all awesome. Yeah, so um, three sport athlete: football, basketball, and golf. Um, golf was number one always. Yeah, golf was number one. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where I didn't even think about playing golf at UND. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but basically, I it's didn't. It's time really, to party. Time to party, man. <laughs> Meet girls. Yep, that's exactly um, it. So it's just a, I, I really can't answer that question on how I got to that point or why it led me in that direction. It was I, just I still can't back up and go. Yeah, that's what it was. Nice. That's crazy. And how, how was, you just had talked to somebody that was in California or you knew this person? I knew this person. Okay. Good. Yeah. So good. he had a job down there. He did the winter thing, go down there for the winters, come back in the, in the summertime nice. back to North Dakota. And I just wanted to try it. It sounded, you know, very lucrative Yeah. and just an opportunity to, uh, better my skills on the golf course. Yeah. Money is money and you can, uh, you can go for what you're liking to do, which is golf. So we're on the golf topic. You're in California. You're you're starting at the bottom of the chain. You're yep. you're scrubbing clubs. You're you're golfing. You're eating and you're working and you're repeating. Um, so from this point, bring me up to uh, your entire golf career. How did things transpire, um, and where'd you go from there? Um, actually, you know, you just when you're in that moment and you see the progress on 
where your game's at, how you're competing with. Obviously, everybody down there is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you got pros that are playing, you're playing with all the time. Um, you got some highly skilled amateurs you're playing with all the time. So you're always playing with the best competition you possibly can. Yep. So obviously, it's going to make you better. Mm-hmm. Well, when you start competing with them and you start beating them, you start believing. Yeah, for sure. So you're like, hey, maybe this is something that could turn into an opportunity. Maybe it's something. I mean, everybody you know, has goals and dreams and wants yeah. to pursue those, pursue those things. And um, I was like, you know what? Why not? What I got to lose? as well. You know, so um, long story short, I turned professional when I was 26. Um, there's a okay. Midwestern tour. It's called the Dakotas Tour. Okay. I'm very fortunate to find some sponsors because it is it is quite spendy. Yeah, um, definitely. Expenses are high. Hotels, food, entry fees. Plane, um, travel, everything, man. Yeah, and the competition is top-notch. Surf. They're from all over the country. They've been playing the tournament for years. I mean, you got, yeah. you got guys playing in the U.S. Open. You know, I mean, they're just highly, highly skilled. Yep. So, obviously, number one thing is intimidation factor, how 100%. your game stacks up. Um, went out there, tried it for, for a year. Um, some unfortunate personal things happened. Kind of gave up my dream. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's one thing I do regret, but it still doesn't hold me back. Exactly. Um, um, I, even in, in the gym, the uh, realm I'm in, I've opened this gym. I'm doing podcasts, doing coffee, but I have this thing, what people call the imposter syndrome. You know, where yeah. you, you you do have this a little bit of success, but you look at yourself much lower than what other people are. So, like, I look at other people that own these gyms, and I'm like, man, they're 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 well off. They're they're doing good. But it's like you look at yourself in a different light. I don't know if that was something that, like, 100%. your confidence got built, but you were playing against some dudes. 100%. So, like, you kind of felt like that imposter syndrome a yeah, little absolutely. bit. Yeah, um, That's uh, – if you could look back at your favorite memory – of of your golf career what would that be so on um, that first year i was out on the dakotas tour um they had so this is kind of how it was structured you had one day tournaments two day tournaments three and four day tournaments so it was i think my fifth or sixth tournament out there okay. um not very successful didn't cash a check yet yep. um entered this one day tournament went out there and uh won the thing you know <laughs> so I mean, golf it's, just, is, though, it's, cr- it's crazy it's just kind of one of those things everything was clicking um, and then you really, really start believing, Hey, I can compete with these guys. Cause these guys, like I said, man, they're so good. Yeah. They're so good, but it's you, that high level, man. It's, it, it is. And, and the thing is, is that what I learned the most is you can only hit the ball so far. So good. So straight. It's yeah. between the ears that separates everybody. hundred percent. dude. Um, but yeah, man, that's probably the, the best memory I have besides obviously what happened qualifying for the U S amateur at Pebble beach here two uh, years ago, which is Absolutely insane. Dang, we'll, we'll dude. Get to, we'll, we'll yeah, get we'll that. get to that. That's um, good stuff. Uh, the, where I can where I can relate to that, they're two different they're two different realms. But you talk about it with between the years is where you're going to make or break um, the good and the great in wrestling, dude. I wrestled from when I was three and a half, four years old, all the way through high school. Had an opportunity to wrestle in college. Um, I was actually probably a better wrestler than I was football player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you can you can be so physically skilled you can um be very technical you can be the strongest sob out there but if it's not here if it's not in your head anybody can beat you absolutely and i think that's what golf and wrestling mirror each other in it's sure. a very mental sport dude it's 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 crazy so um was there you, we'll talk about pebble beach here in a little bit but was there a role model 
that you looked up to or that you tried to strive to be, that you tried to beat each time? Was there somebody of that nature in that league? Um, not necessarily because there really wasn't anybody that basically stood out. Yeah. They were just all good. Everybody was good. But, I mean, obviously, just like any other golfer, I mean, you're looking up to Tiger Woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're looking up to those guys because that guy's on a – Phil. On, yeah, Back on, then, Phil. And, yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah like I said, I, it was just a, a, a unique, cool experience that very fortunate to get, man. So is this considered – I didn't I, – I don't, I'm not well-read in the golf game. Um, is it considered kind of like a feeder league? Like you win enough, you're just – you're going to the open. Or no. You're, no. Okay. No. It's, it's basically – it's it's a professional obviously it's professional golf you're getting paid yep if obviously performance wise mm-hmm. but um it isn't like the like right now i think it's called the corn ferry tour it used to be the nike tour buy.com tour okay. where that's a feeder league to the pga gotcha. obviously if you're a top 25 on the money list then obviously you advance to the pga tour get your card and stuff like that but they do have qualifying events to get your tour card yeah um and then obviously there's qualifiers for the us open um, so, so you have an opportunity to play in that event. What's the requirements of like, um, considering yourself getting your, your card, like how did you become pro? Did you have to win an event? No, you just, you just determine yourself pro and, wow. and, and what that is, is obviously you're playing for money. Okay. So yep. you're not eligible to play in amateur events. It's your career now. You have to reapply to get your amateur status back, which I did, which is a waiting period. Um, and like I said, any, anytime you're playing for money, accept money. I mean, you're considered a professional. Yep, exactly. So that's crazy, man. That's there. I have a funny story about that. I had a buddy. Um, his name's Joe Murdoch. He's from Hardin County, Montana. Um, very rough place, man. Just he, great guy. Very, very great guy. But we, he came to play college football, and college football really wasn't uh, his thing. But he was talented. He was mm-hmm. okay at it. He loved Budweiser, and he smoked at least a half to a full pack a day. So nice. we were freshmen, and the schedule for a uh, for a training camp you you wake up in the very in early early morning, six o'clock, five thirty. You have film. After film, you have practice. Practice goes to lunch. Then you have film. Then you have practice. Then you have film. Then you go to bed. And so in those transition periods, every single day, you'd see Joe Murdoch hammering a Mountain Dew and smoking cigarettes out in the parking lot of the BAC. Like, that is, if I could describe NAI football in any way, it would be Joe Murdoch. But getting back to what you were saying, like, being a pro can't accepting money. The NAI is still considered like a D2, D1. Like you're getting sure. funds um, up front, so you can't get funds in any, any other sporting arena. So he used to do – he used to go back in Montana, go to uh, Billings and everything and fight uh, oh, sure. MMA. Yeah, gotcha. So when he would win, he couldn't get prize money, so they would just give him free booze all night. Oh, my <laughs> so God. That's, that's like NAI football in a, in a nutshell, man. i got to hang out with this guy. <laughs> exactly. So um, – this this was on my list, but um, let's look at that best achievement now. Let's look at – explain to me this Pebble Beach qualifier. Yeah, so um, there's a qualifier um, basically in every state, and they take so much – depending on the entrance, so many people. So Fargo always has a qualifier every year for the U.S. Amateur. So you got the best kids from Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota um, attempting to qualify for the, mm-hmm. for the USAM. So I looked at one of my buddies, and – Obviously, I've never tried to qualify before. 
Never played Pebble Beach. When was this? This was 2000, the summer of 2018. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was July 9th, I think the qualifier was. But anyways, um, so we go down there, and it's a grind. It's 36 holes one day, walking. And like I said, I didn't walk. I rode carts. Um, yeah, just a little it's a culture bit. culture shock. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't in the realm at the time. Oh. And it was 90 degrees out, no wind. I mean, so we're sweating. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a grind. So um, we go there. And it's just kind of one of those days, man. It's it's everything was clicking, you know, positioning myself properly on the golf course, making the yeah. putts, um, the, the huge par putts, um, just gave myself an opportunity. So after the first round, I shot 68. Um, I was in second at the time because there was another guy that shot 67. So you get like an hour break and then yep. get back out there. And, you know, just the first nine, nothing was clicking, just making pars, 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 pars. Um, got to uh, part five, eagled the hole, kind of got the momentum back going because I knew it was going to be pretty close. Damn. Um, so long story short, I'm out of breath. My caddy's out of breath. Um, we're both red in the face. We're ready to just, you know, get an ambulance here to get us off the golf course. Last hole, um, I had like an eight-footer for par um, to shoot 69, seven under total, and I knew I had to make it. Mm-hmm. If not, it was either going to go to a playoff or I'm going to lose by one. Hammered it, made it, and, uh, yeah, I was one of the last groups in, and the guy that was running the tournament, he said, pack your bags, you're going. So, I mean, it was it was just so surreal because, I mean, you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, just we're, going, we're going to Pebble Beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> Playing in the U.S. Amateur against the, the, top, boys. the top 300 amateurs in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then, Dude. like I said, you get out there and it's... So where was this qualifier? This was in Fargo. Fargo, Fargo. Country Club, yeah. Nice, man. They usually have the qualifier every year for, um, like I said, there's, there's well, actually, there's people from all over the country that come and play it. just yeah. depends because they look at it as the size of the field, the quality of the people that are playing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So when, how, how long from the Fargo qualifier until the Pebble Beach? Was it the next weekend? It was weekend? about, no, it was a, we had about a month. Nice. Yeah, it was the end of August. Dude, that's so cool. Not a lot of people can say that. I mean, some... Is is going to Pebble Beach? Can you, as a recreational golfer, just go there to golf? You better open your pocketbook. Exactly. Yeah, that's what can. I'm saying. So, like, yeah. it's not a lot of people can say that they got invited or made it to an amateur of. Yeah, I think it, I, I think to play Pebble, I think it's 500 round plus. You got to stay at the lodge, which is like 1500 a night, or depending on where you stay. I mean, so yeah. I mean, would you say that's probably? Well, you got St Andrews, you got some of the big ones, and. To Scottsdale and stuff, but is that that's probably one of the most world renowned. Correct? Yeah, man, it's it's so iconic. It's it's just tough to yeah. when you're walking the fairways and just knowing that what's happened here in the past with the US Opens and even the US amateurs and just the people that have played there, man, it's crazy. Yeah, man. That's that's awesome. So um what we'll we'll pivot just a little bit, but what does life outside of work look like for Tyler? Um we, we we can go into your work life here, um, but what does let's let's pop into that real quick. Where where are you working right now? How long have you worked there? What's your position? So uh, currently, I work for Titan Machinery. Um, we sell case construction equipment. I am the general manager for Dickinson, Bismarck, and Minot. Um, I've been working with Titan since 2011 when uh, they acquired the, the dealership that I was working for prior, which is basically, um, you know, getting that opportunity to get in the industry mm-hmm. and. Um, Started from the very bottom and basically have done everything possible in the business, worked my way up, timing, positioning, yeah. um, everything kind of fell into place to obviously be in the, in, you know, the fortune situation I am right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride on, on how 
I, first of all, got into this industry. I mean, this is the last thing I'd ever thought I'd be doing at this point in my 100%. life. But, um, you know, you, you look at those situations and you take the, you take advantage of it. You take the moat, you know, you just kind of utilize what's in Go front of flow. you. Yeah, man. So I'll rewind a little bit from, um, from your golf career. How did you make it back from California to North Dakota? So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm no relationship expert, so I hope yeah. hopefully we don't talk about relationships. <laughs> um, so, I, I, um, long story short, relationship failed. Moved back yeah. here, tried to fix it, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, um, ran across a guy that I have known for a while. Just mm-hmm. nothing, you know, like a friendship. and Acquaintance. And non- nonchalant conversations. Um, he was starting a dealership here in Dickinson. Um basically selling uh, Lee Bear, which is a German manufacturer of top-notch equipment. Okay. And he offered me a position there to be in sales. And I said, hey, man, I, I don't even know what a lug nut is, let alone try to sell a piece of equipment to somebody that obviously knows the industry and the equipment. And, yeah. and, and so it was, it was something that I just dove in. I didn't really care. He, you know, we went through a lot of training, obviously, to understand the product, how to sell, I mean, yeah, that, whole, yeah. that whole situation. And um, I just look at that opportunity, looking back at it, and it's just crazy because um, me being naive at the moment, basically learning the industry, going in head, you know, feet first, didn't really care if I failed, didn't really yeah. care. And it's just kind of transpired in, in my willingness to, to, work my, to work my ass off yeah. um, to get to the point where I'm at right now. And like I said, things fell into place and opportunities came about that I took advantage of. I think... Uh, Honestly, like you were very naive at the point, but it, for success, that's the only way you can go. You just have to jump. Yeah, man. I mean, they it's always, just like you always even, okay, in private sector or being an employee or whatever it is, they always talk about that point where you're going to sink or swim or you're going to jump or you're going to stay. Yeah. And that's kind of, that was kind of that moment for you. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you go to, you go knock on a customer's door, mm-hmm. um, cold calling people, people don't realize it's an uncomfortable situation, not even for yourself, especially when you don't really know the product, mm-hmm. but even for them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's it's such a relationship business and understanding the people that you're working with. And well, even Titan, the good thing about Titan, they've been around, they've had success, um, but their, their sole um, revenue is not just based off of oil field it's no. agriculture it's right. construction it's so that's that's a good thing about them and so you're talking to these people that have built a business a sole proprietor or a contractor that needs equipment they've done it their whole life and you're trying to sell them Correct. or the farmer Correct. or that's 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 crazy um so we we came back from california we're now in north dakota um and you said your fam- all most of your family still lives here yep okay um outside like I said, this I got to this before we we pivoted. Outside of work, what does uh, what does life look like for Tyler? Any uh, like the hobbies? What are you what are you into, man? So um, before, well, let's just start here. So um, the last probably four or five months, my whole life, my whole outlook, everything has completely changed, and I think that's probably me getting to a point where. Um, and, and like I said, we'll discuss this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, really not happy with where you're at. You know what I mean? Okay. How you feel, um, your confidence, your fears. And that's basically why I'm here with you. Because meeting you, connecting on Instagram, crazy. I don't even know why I reached out to you. <laughs> I have that on the list to kind of talk, to, talk and, about. <laughs> you know, I just basically got fed up with 
just how I felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it wasn't and I'm, don't get me wrong, it's not like things were so bad, but I mean you personally know how things are going for 100%. you. 100%. Um so basically the last 4 or 5 months, my whole life, my whole my whole thinking, my whole mentality on no matter what it is, completely 360. Yeah, your mental uh outlook on life has kind of changed. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's, it's 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 crazy. That's so awesome. And um, and uh yeah, go ahead. No, so um this kind of gets us to that like how how did we how did we get to the spot on um April 10th that we're sitting here for a podcast? Uh so Tyler reached out to me on Instagram. Um I knew we had previously been following each other on Instagram but uh, never met you, never um we had a, a mutual acquaintance in Coach Mines, Eric Mines, and kind of was shuttled in that way. But uh, Tyler reached out to me. I wish I could pull it up on my phone. But he just said, hey, man, I'm really liking the content you're putting out. Keep doing it. Um, kind of interested in what you got to offer. And uh, what was – you talk about like you weren't happy with what uh, – how you were feeling mentally, physically, um, your confidence. But what was that uh, that clicking point where it was just like I just got to reach out? Um, you know, I think – just a lot of um, a lot of failures that and expectations that I'm not meeting personally. Yeah. Um, whether it's failed relationships, well, whether it's failed um, situations at work, you feel like you're letting your employees down. I mean, just it, it wasn't there for me, and it wasn't clicking. And it, like I said, man, just meeting you, even that first time that we met, we sat down, we kind of went through what we're looking for, what I'm looking for. Just how you carried yourself. I knew it was going to be an instant connection. Yep. I knew this is going to work out well, and I knew that with your whole overall experience and outlook, we can get back, get on the same page with myself, and yep. we can just move forward and, and progress. Well, I knew right when I met you that you took it seriously. And that's something that in my industry, it's 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 black or white. People are going to take it seriously, and I can tell right off the bat when I meet with them, yeah. or it's. It's a front, and I might as well not plan on having them in the next two months. Sure. And so um, talking about failures, talking about um, the mental side of things, the mental health, like I've had my go at that stuff, and I think that's why I've been able to um, carry myself the way I do and produce the product and the service for somebody like you. Um, my life wasn't always uh, – uh, great things and rainbows, man. It was, uh, I had my challenges. I was in high school, struggled. Um, I had shoulder surgery in my sophomore year, got into college, had a shoulder surgery every single year, yeah. plus a knee surgery on my last one. And if you, in the, in the early two thousands, when pharmaceuticals were not, uh, you could call it, um, looked over or um, regulated yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was an easy it was an easy fix sure. for what i was going through sure. and um, mentally had a, had a rough childhood but mentally that was what i turned to and i got i got completely hooked on pain medication for mm -hmm. almost my entire college career yeah man. and uh it's something that i don't regret but i think that i can i'm able to um, use that experience because the whole thing about next level training, and this is what I try to do for uh, previous athletes, athletes or general population, is I want them to have the opportunity to better themselves as much as they can to a point that they never thought that was 
they were able, but to not get injured and stay healthy because it's an easy slip. Sure. And I know that because I, um, I slipped fast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's something that I want to bring to um, next level. And I hope that that's something that I've been able to carry myself with. So I have had that experience of uh, kind of the hardship on that side, you know? Yeah, man. I think that's a big, the, the, why we have that relationship um, in the gym experience and, outside, and, 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 and outside the gym. I mean, we can relate to each other. And, and the thing is, is that I think we both have been through some difficult situations and we both know our capabilities and our potential. And I think that's why we're here. Yeah. I think we can offer some stuff to people that, uh, um, that got, they don't know. You so, got any more coffee? I don't dude. The next level coffee's out today. I filled the whole Stanley this morning and we trucked through it. So, um, we met through Instagram, kind of went that aspect. Um, but what was the hardest change for you um, in your fitness or lifestyle? What was the hardest change? What was something that you had you held on to for so long? Um, I would say the biggest change is not listening to that voice in my head. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad you um, talked about that. Um, you know, the thing is, is that, I mean, obviously we're working at a 5 a.m., 5.15. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's a commitment, hundred percent. And the thing is, is that I never I'm, missed I'm, one. Yeah, I haven't missed one. Not one. Um, and the thing is, is, the way I looked at it is, okay, I, I know what I want. It's going to be a struggle. And I think a lot of people, first of all, are afraid to commit to commit or go to the gym because they're they're worried about what other people are going to think of them if they're doing things properly. I mean, I totally get it. And mm-hmm. I was I was like that. And I was intimidated when I came to see you. And other people are there. I'm like not strong. I mean, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all those, but all you those, set it all aside, all those excuses. And that was basically the reason why I wanted to better myself with you is because I was sick of those excuses. Mm-hmm. It, no matter what part portion of my life that was. Um, and I looked at it as, as a meeting, a business meeting, because I don't miss meetings. There's a time, there's a schedule. I'm showing up. You're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I th- I'm glad you brought that up. I was I released a, uh, a short video to um, my clients in a uh, in a text message. Then I posted it up, and I was talking about um, negative self talk. Mm-hmm. And dude, my drug after I um, I've been right at um, five years clean now off of all that stuff. But my drug, and it's always been my drug, but it was put on the back burner. Has been physical exertion, mm-hmm. and when people they they don't know how how beneficial it can be for them but it's it's something that if you can't commit to it don't don't even don't even try it because mm-hmm. i i've been i've been in that realm um but you got to when i when i when we first met i knew it was going to be i knew it was going to be a great thing you didn't miss anything you set all that stuff aside but to to be able to work in the gym and shut that negative self-talk out is a huge thing because we're in right now when we're, we're recording this, we're during COVID-19 It's mm-hmm. social dis- distancing. People are, are, are alone. But if you, there's a few things that every human needs, you need shelter, you need food, you need water, you need physical exertion. Mm-hmm. Our, our ancestors grew up that we always have to have physical exertion. If that's getting our food, doing whatever it is in today's world, we're such pampered humans that we have to go to a gym to physically exert ourselves. Mm-hmm. But without that, the first thing that comes in, if I miss 
two consecutive days. There hasn't been in the last five to 10 years. I haven't missed two consecutive days because negative self-talk is the first thing that sets in the first thing, right? When, Oh, you didn't go do this today. Mm -hmm. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Like it can be in the gym. It can be in work. That's when you know you are are set up for success because like, Oh, I missed that meeting. What are my employees going to think? What are, what's my trainer going to think? I missed that. Like, that's something that a lot of people don't like to address. And I think you bringing it up is very important. Yeah, man. I, I think that if you don't know how to shut that off, um, you'll never live up, ride. you'll never live up to your true potential. And I think that's what most people don't really, really understand. I mean, those, whether it's good thoughts, whether it's good or bad thoughts, excuse me. Um, those thoughts create your reality, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of the message, the daily, the, the daily talks that I do have with my team at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, I wouldn't say motivator, but I'm there to lead them, get them on the right track. Example. Do, do, do the little things, especially during this period right now, because when this thing turns around, I want to be on top on the other side and looking back at our competitors, basically. 100%. So, I mean, there's, there's so much that we can do, and that's why I'm looking at this whole isolation, social distancing. I shouldn't say isolation, but um, – as, as a huge, huge opportunity for our business, for myself, for, for everything. And that's, that's an important thing to understand. 100%. I believe. 100%. It's all about the, the mental outlook on it. Um, we will get into that kind of the COVID-19 thing. One last question on kind of the, the fitness and lifestyle change of yours. Where have you seen, uh, you already mentioned the mental side, where have you seen, it can still be mental, the most improvement Um, since you started here, um, your different mental outlook physically, where have you seen this benefit you the most? Um, happiness, happiness, happiness with myself. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, that's legit. I mean, it sounds, it probably sounds a little arrogant or whatever it is, but I mean, just the confidence level, um, just me looking at myself every single day and, and seeing, you know, where I was at because it, it wasn't very good to where I'm at right now, that's what I'm most impressed about. Dude, that, that makes my day. That's legit. I, I've never had that. Uh, I've never had that answer. Like somebody like, Oh, I, I feel stronger. I have more energy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, all that stuff is going to come, but, yeah. um, it's the, it's the underlying, the molecular level things mm-hmm. that, uh, dude, that makes my day. Um, so as I said, we are in a time, it is April 10th. And uh, things kind of have got flipped on their heads. Mm -hmm. Uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus has taken the world by uh, storm. Early middle of November, they're saying it jumped from a bat to a human in some of those live markets in China. China suppressed all the numbers. um, And the thing is, is this coronavirus, I think, and a lot of the experts think, was here a lot earlier than we think. Yeah. Um, a lot of people had that dry cough, that fever, and in early January because China knew about it and didn't shut everything down. So that brings us to the point we are here. U.S. has now exceeded the caseload of any other country in the world. Um, as of yesterday, mm-hmm. um, April 9th, Dickinson, Stark County, had its first death. Yeah, um, saw that. It's unfortunate. It is because you know how it is in, in Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. It, it's a last name that you probably know. Um, but how has um, your experience in work and life outside of work, how has this affected you? You know, um, obviously everybody's going through the same situation. Yep. You have a couple options, I believe. You either can sit and live in fear, which 
um, I believe, and I'm not going to get into this, but I think the media is portraying, so people are scared. I mean, yes. you've got these ignorant people going to buy 500 rolls of toilet paper. They should be at home, not worrying about, you know, not and getting the virus. leaving our grandparents without toilet paper. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into too much of it, but basically I look at it as a situation where, um, as far as business aspects, um, very, very fortunate to be working for a company like Titan Machinery. Um, we can, we're large enough that not everything is affected with obviously the Western North Dakota stores that I do cover. Yep. Um, farmers are still farming. Agriculture's ranchers, booming, ranchers, dude. Ranchers are still ranching. Construction jobs are still, still going, kicking off. So, I mean, we're just very fortunate that we're diverse into multiple facets. It's not just oil. But the biggest thing is, is that, um, obviously as managing this business, you have to, Manage it to a level where, obviously, expenses, control the controllables, have conversations with your employees. Because, let's face it, a lot of, a lot of people want to be led in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be there on a positive note with your employees to get through these tough times. Because you don't know exactly what's going on personally for them at home. Nobody does. Um, but the thing is, is that we have expectations. We still have a job to do. Um, and that's what I think you, you kind of get their mind off of what is being told to them by the media and what is going to happen from our business aspect. Yep. You can c- kind of slowly see those attitudes um, changing on a daily basis. Um, there's less negativity because I don't tolerate that. Um, there's just a, a whole culture environment yep. that I'm creating for these people so that they do feel comfortable at work and they enjoy their jobs. 100%. Well, we talked about it on the phone when we were setting up the podcast, man. We talked for 15, 20 minutes on the phone. There's going to be s- some great things that happen out of this, yeah, but man. right now there is so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like the initial shock, as I told you about kind of what happened personally, um, I'm uh, owner of the Iron Chapel. I have next level training. And March 19th, we got a text in our group text saying, hey, do we need to shut down the gym? And me being naive at the point, I was I was very reluctant. And I was like, well, we should we should try to ride this out. We should, we should figure it out. So I even went to the extent, I called every chiropractic clinic in Dickinson, which mm-hmm. there's a ton. Yeah. And I said, hey, what's your plan? Um, are you taking it day by day? Are you still open for one-on-one? And they're like, yep, we're taking it day by day. We're, we're still open. And so I got a list of that, checkmarked them, and I said, hey, guys, this is still all the chiropractic clinics that are open. Training a client one-on-one is no different than that. And so I was very reluctant. We had a vote. I actually I did vote to shut it down again. Um, sure. But after that, dude, I, I sat and sulked for a second, and then I realized the first thing that I did, I got a note card out, and I said, things that can be done without me working right now. What can be done? And I had put so much stuff on the back burner, so much stuff. It was, let's get the back ready to open. Let's do this project at home. Let's. Um, the biggest thing was getting to spend extra time with my wife. Dude, you don't realize, like, yeah, we have a great marriage, and we can we, we get to spend time with each other, not as much as I'd like, but when we do, we make it worth it. Yeah, man. But, dude, getting to see her during the week, come on, dude, there's nothing better than that. So I think that financially, on a personal level, financially in our careers, in our um, private sector, um, as a regional manager, mm-hmm. there is some massive opportunity that are coming out of the stock markets are crazy down, um, starting to climb now. Saudi Arabia and Russia just finally announced 
officially, not just Trump tweeting it, that they're going to cut 10 million, mm-hmm. 10 million barrels um, of oil so we can start getting back up. The world isn't going to ever be the same, but there's going to be crazy opportunity, man. And, and I, I, I see it everywhere in the gym, in uh, oil, in Tesla, and what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's which, phenomenal. Which is what we needed. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, and, and not getting too in depth on this, but I mean, yeah, like you said, everything is going to completely be different on how, on, on my businesses, on just basically the everyday life is going to yeah. be different. Um, but one thing that really, really upsets me is this Dr. Fauci guy. I don't even know how you say his oh, name, right? Yeah. Um, That's right. He's an expert. I get it. I, I totally understand it. But, you know, the thing is, is that he's, the stuff that he's been saying, I mean, he's basically, when this thing's all said and done, there's going to be no, Handshaking. I mean, no eye contact. Basically. No embracing. You no, know, no hugs. I mean, shit. There's gonna pretty much no, no, uh, no human contact. Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like get somebody in there that's obviously gonna uh, a little bit more on an expert level yep. that can not scare the whole freaking general population. Hundred percent. I'm so sick of that shit. And what I'm really sick of is uh, we're from. I'm, I'm originally from Wyoming. I moved to North Dakota. I am a Republican through and through. Yeah. But I am not. All my views do not line up straight Republican. Like, there's climate change stuff. There's all this different thing that you could lean left or lean more liberal or whatever it is. But they're turning this coronavirus into a blue versus red argument, which it's not. No. Because I have been having a bunch of my Democratic um, acquaintances posting stuff saying if we would have had anybody else in office and they're they're stating if we would have had Hillary Clinton in office things would be less severe and i said how hindsight's 2020 yeah. how how do you how do you say that and then there was Dan Crenshaw he's an ex navy seal he i think he's in house of representatives in texas and he compiled all this stuff from when everything broke out in china we still didn't get any news until about the first day of december and he compiled all this stuff from CNN, MS, MSNBC, mm-hmm. all these articles saying, this is not going to be big. This is uh, way less – it's not as bad as the flu. Um, no economic stuff. Yeah. Don't shut down travel. Yeah. All this stuff. And then they switch after all this happened. And there is, oh, um, the economics have crashed, all this stuff. And then they're bashing President Trump because he wasn't – I know he wasn't upfront and was like, we need to shut everything down right now, but he's such an economic mind. Like we're not going to shut everything down right away. Yeah. And so on that end, I just, it just pisses me off that it's turned into a blue versus red argument. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't even turn the TV on to watch anything on the virus. I mean, basically what it boils down to, and obviously this is my opinion, you're not going to be able to do a handshake, have a, have any interaction with anybody until you take Bill Gates's vaccine that he's coming out with. Dude, that's I just enough, got a video. That's, a, that's from, enough. That's enough said on that. Yes, so. exactly. I just got a video on that. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Yeah. Okay. Um, wrapping up a little bit. So how has this affected your family? Um, obviously my parents' business, um, obviously they are, um, not working at the moment. Um, my sister's business, um, obviously, convenience store people still need fuel people still need to drink that mountain doing energy drinks yes sir um and then my brother-in-law is obviously he's got a great thing going on for him and i mean he's he's spectacular at what he does so i mean everybody's fine um i put my dad on the payroll yesterday had the little side project for me in my house so i mean keep the old man busy and and out of my mom's hair that's awesome that's awesome man um 
So we kind of talked about mentality, uh, opportunity out of COVID. And uh, my last question for you is what does the future hold for Tyler? Um, five, 10 year plan. It doesn't even have to be a plan. What are you, what are you expecting out of yourself in the next five, 10 years? Uh, man, basically what I'm looking for and, and finding more is learning more about myself, um, bettering myself, Legit. whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm building and in a, a solid, solid routine right now, which a lot of people probably think I'd be crazy for doing. Um, but I mean, there's certain things that I have to do every single day in order to make sure that I'm getting to the level that I want to be. And, You're it, and, at it's not, and it's not, and it's not, and this has nothing to do with financially mm-hmm. anything professionally. It's just me feeling the best I possibly can about myself and being the best person I possibly can, you know, mm-hmm. living out my purpose, having a purpose. That's basically what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, in a position that you're at, you're managing how many employees below no, you think? I, mean, yeah, I don't know. It's there's hard just, to there's, say. There's, there's, I mean, a lot of, a lot of employees, a lot of responsibility. I believe I'm in this, I'm in this position for a reason. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I empower my people to make decisions. I don't micromanage. I want them to be the best they possibly can at work, outside of work. That's, what I'm passionate about. Yeah. But where that starts and what you just said is if you're not at your optimal level, if you don't do your routine, you're not going to be giving your best to them, I wasn't. which then in, exactly. And yeah. in, in turn makes your employees worse. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, it's awesome that you, that you recognize that Tyler, it's been a pleasure. Um, Dude, honestly, this, this, uh, there was a reason why our two paths merged. Yeah, man. It's um, awesome. It's crazy. We, we've got had experiences. We're able to help people out and, uh, I can't wait to get back when the gym's open and get you back in here, but I appreciate you coming in, dude. It was a, it was a great, it was a great interview. Doc. Dude, so. It was awesome. I appreciate everything you've done for me. Um, and I, I love what you're doing. This is so cool. Um, yeah, man, let's just, uh, keep it going and crush it. I appreciate it, man. So that is the end of our our first out of our athlete interviews, our NX NLX two podcast. Um, so thank you for coming in, dude. And we will, uh, we'll maybe get a part two sometime. Yeah, we have to. All right, dog. Later, man. Appreciate it. Sweet.